This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. This is Vancouver Consumer. The Vancouver real estate market continues to post some really strong numbers despite or perhaps partly because of the COVID pandemic. In fact, earlier this month, the Real Estate Board of Canada said Vancouver home sales were up 29%. And in a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty to talk about what is turning out to be a really interesting fall and winter for real estate. That's coming up. But first, the consumer news headlines from the past week. The B.C. government said they were serious about giving out expensive tickets to people violating health orders to socially distance, and it looks like they are. The province announced this week that they have issued 47 tickets since August. 19 of those cost 2300 bucks each. Those were issued to organizers of events. Two $2,300 tickets were handed out to businesses serving food and booze. 26 people were slapped with $230 individual fines because they were caught flaunting the virus protocol. And also... For those arriving into Canada who didn't take that 14-day self-isolation order seriously enough, they got nabbed. 58 of those people got a fine in the neighborhood of just over a 1000 bucks for violating the Federal Quarantine Act. It looks like nerds are coming to the rescue of Science World. Science World has been suffering because of COVID-19, even though they've reopened with new safety protocols. But revenue this year is down almost 85%. And you might have seen the billboards with a seven-year-old Dr. Bonnie Henry on them, proclaiming that the world needs more nerds. Well, it's made quite a splash, and now other celebrities are getting involved. The latest nerd is singer Dan Mangan, who posted a picture of himself on Instagram wearing a Science World t-shirt from their The World Needs More Nerds line of shirts. There's also face masks, socks, and other stuff. Proceeds from purchases in the Science World shop will help the center stay open for future nerds to enjoy themselves. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW, and coming up, we're going to talk real estate in what is surprisingly a red-hot market. October was another record-setting month, despite the pandemic, and guiding us through the opportunities out there in the world of real estate in this very interesting market will be John Carlson of 2% Realty. Johnny Smartpoint. Dot com. And the Vancouver real estate market continues to be red hot. Uh, the Real Estate Board of Canada said Vancouver home sales were up 29% compared with a year ago in October, which would make it the second best October on record. And uh, the person you want to talk to when you're talking about selling your home is John Carlson of 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Martin. Thanks for uh, having me back on the program. Yeah, so those numbers. Uh, it it seems like August was huge, September was huge, October, uh, 29% over last year. Um, what's your uh, theory on this? Well, um, you know, I work in the local Greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley market. I think you might be quoting a, a national statistic. And I guess my response to that would be, you know, COVID has uh, affected the whole country. Uh, usually there are different economic situations and different stimulus happening uh, you know, on the East Coast versus the West. So the, the hot markets don't always jive. But I think with COVID this year, there was a unifying uh, sort of a, a force in that 
the first half of the year, the market was uh, was depressed, if you will. It was the sales were down and people were avoiding the market because of the COVID. So I think throughout the if you're looking at the Canadian numbers, we've had the entire market throughout Canada suddenly come back to life because, you know, people don't wait forever. And the second half of the year, the third and fourth quarter uh, of this year have proven to be very strong. When it, when it comes to local numbers, I think the, the increases are even uh, higher and stronger than the national averages. So in Greater Vancouver um, and in the Fraser Valley, we're doing really well. Detached housing, uh, I mean, we're looking at multiple offers in certain price ranges. Uh, townhomes are, are hot and, and condos to a lesser degree as well. So uh, I'm enjoying a busy time uh, and uh, sellers are doing quite well, but every market comes with its own challenges and, and stresses and, uh, and this market's no different. So you probably are going to have a very busy Christmas, which is kind of unusual for a, a real realtor. Well, yeah, I think so. Right now I'm busy and that should carry on. I, I think that uh, myself and, and a lot of my colleagues are, are in a similar situation where uh, we've had a successful time on the market. Our listings have sold and now we're finding our inventory levels in terms of the number of listings we have uh, in, our, in our inventory is down. And I think that's one of the things um, that's going to be the challenge of, of this kind of market. Uh, people often ask me, hey, is it a good time to sell? And I'll tell you, if for instance, if you had a house between a million and a million and a half in Coquitlam Tri-Cities area, I mean, that market is extremely active with limited inventory and multiple offers everywhere. So I would suggest, yes, it is a great time. But the challenge sometimes is for those people who want to coordinate a sale of their property and a purchase of the next property. Um, you know, there are ways to deal with that challenge and, and we can talk about that. But that is coordinating a sale and a purchase and how you go about that. That's where, uh, you know, that's where some skill and some planning and, uh, uh, you know, some strategy come into play because I think the last last thing people want is to sell their home for a, a real nice healthy price, but then find out they don't have a place to go. So it's a lucky thing if you know exactly where you're going. Uh, it's, it's a seller's market. It's, it's golden for you. Yeah, I would say so. Um, Again, uh, that challenge would be, hey, where are you going to go next? Uh, for instance, um, you know, I, I, sellers that I've had or clients that I maybe took on in the late summer or early fall, uh, some of them said, hey, John, you know, we're, we're looking at we've had a, another member added to the family. We want another bedroom. We want to upsize, for instance, uh, go from a three-bedroom home to a four-bedroom home, let's say. And the first strategy was, okay, well, let's go look at some houses and maybe we'll do a subject-to-sale offer. Uh, and then they head out and they write a subject to sale offer and they find, well, wait a minute, we're up against two or three other offers and they're not subject to sale. So we're really, we're not in the game here. We don't really have uh, much of a chance of success. So uh, people like this, not just my clients throughout the market locally, are looking at themselves saying, look, if we want to go forward, maybe here's what we have to do. Maybe we have to get an offer on our house first. We have to have a firm deal with the deposit. And we want to have a long completion date and prefer preferably even a flexible completion date where the buyer is willing to let us extend things if we need the time. Um, that seems to be a better strategy because it'll help a, a potential buyer put themselves in a position where they can compete on that house you know, when they find it. And this is one of the big reasons why I believe the market's going to continue full steam right through December is because, again, I, I mentioned this, I think, last time I was on the program when you have a lot of home sellers that have offers on their property and they're looking to buy. They're, I call them orphans. I mean, there's a time limit when they're going to have no place to live. They're out there on the market looking for properties right now and uh, uh, you know, finding that the choices are somewhat limited. So 
there are people out there that have sold and they're looking to buy and those people are not going to rest until they find a property. So I'm I'm anticipating I'll be busy, you know, right through, uh, you know, till the second, third week of December. Yeah, it's funny. I remember a long time ago, many, many years ago, it was the exact opposite. We were trying to sell a condo. We found all these places we wanted to buy, but we had to wait until we sold. So so it, it is a seller's market. And we're talking to John Carlson from 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can give him a call, 604 612 0080 0080. I think sounds kind of cool. Six one two six one two double o eighty. John Carlson. Um, so we've established that it clearly is a seller's market in Vancouver, uh, and if you feel you're ready to go uh, and you want to sell your house, uh, one of the reasons why you want a top selling agent like John Carlson is the fact that it can get complicated in a seller's market. And I'm thinking of things like how to navigate multiple offers. You're getting tons of offers. How do you make sure you take advantage of this? Um, so, so how do you deal with multiple offers and why do people need to have a very, very good real estate agent dealing with them? Great question. And I, I think you alluded to it a little bit just a minute ago when you mentioned your previous experience in a different market. Uh, every market has its challenges. Uh, you know, hot sellers markets, sometimes it's harder to buy and prices are higher and there's more pressure. Uh, in slower markets, you know, you might find the perfect house, but it's hard to get sold. So I think, you know, with each market having its own challenges, having an experienced agent who, uh, you know, has a lot of experience in terms of dealing with all these kind of situations is going to be key. Um, especially, you know, when you're in a market like now where it's uh, where it favors sellers and you want to maximize the sale price of your home because, let's face it, everybody you know needs whatever equity they can get out of their primary investment. For most people, that's their that's their property. Uh, so a good agent can, uh, you know, who's who's out there working and understands the market and knows, uh, you know, what's happening in your segment can likely give you very good advice in terms of how to, how to proceed. So one of those, you know, one of the strategies that people are employing, this isn't just my clients, this seems to be across the board right now in some segments, particularly uh, the detached housing segment is, you know, setting yourself up for the multiple offer situation. So to answer your question, um, if you're a seller, Multiple offers are wonderful because chances are you'll get stronger offers financially and, and maybe cleaner offers with fewer conditions if buyers have to compete. And that's always a good thing for a seller. So part of the strategy right now uh, is uh, you maybe list your house uh, on MLS on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, we're not doing open houses right now, and we can talk about that later, but set up showing times and give the market ample time to recognize the listing, to take a look at the house, uh, give prospective buyers chances to do pre-inspections if that's what they want, and then set a time for offers that might be the following Monday after the weekend. And chances are, if you're in, a, in an area that is typical and you have a detached house that is priced appropriately, chances are you will get that multiple offer you know, situation at the end of that. So... Um, you know, you need to know the op you need to know the environment you're operating in, and uh, to answer your question, that's one of the, the big reasons to have a seasoned professional who uh, who is active in the market today and and you know and knows what's going on. Yeah, and you you said that with a little bit of extra oomph when you said an appropriate price, because uh, do you find some people want to overvalue the home, and and that's a that's a, a really bad strategy. Uh, you can see that. I don't see that. That doesn't tend to be um, a, a 
common or predominant kind of problem that I that I see. Most people tend to be pretty realistic. Of course, they want to maximize, um, but you know it's not too difficult to understand that if you the higher you go in price and if you let's say overprice your property, uh, whatever that means, um, generally you're starting to compete against properties that might be bigger or better locations or have better condition or more amenities, uh, and you start to elevate yourself price-wise into a category where it gets harder and harder to compete. So most people understand that. And when I talk to people considering selling, they, they generally say, hey, you know, John, we want to get what we can. But on the other hand, we recognize if we don't price it properly, you know, we might sit on the market. And the longer you sit on the market, even in a good market, you start to get a little bit, uh, you know, maybe people start wondering why it hasn't sold. And, uh, you know, they might be a little more hesitant to submit an offer or a strong offer on a property that's been sitting around when the neighborhood houses have sold. So you want to consider all these things when it, when it comes time to, to choosing a price for sure. And that's why you need John Carlson from 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com, 604-612-0080, 612-0080. And you mentioned conditions, uh, conditions on the sale. Um, are there some conditions that are red flags to you as a seller? Um, how important are, are conditions or, or are they just sort of straightforward? You know, it depends on the property and it depends on the buyer, really. Uh, there are some properties that you need to have conditions. For instance, if you are buying a house that was maybe built in the 40s on a great big lot, you want to make sure there's no oil tank on that property. So that would be uh, a condition that you as the buyer would want to make sure is satisfied. Now, a smart seller will already have looked after that to avoid that problem. Um, whereas maybe a brand new house or a house that's one or two years old, I have people saying, hey, John, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't need to do an inspection. Now, I always recommend inspections, um, but uh, sometimes people are more comfortable on a newer property not doing that. I think one of the biggest things that you can do right now as a buyer, if you are in the market and in a competitive segment, is to be in lockstep with your mortgage broker. Um, you know, there, there are different stages of financing pre-approval. Some people say, hey, I'm pre-approved. And what that means is they filled out a form and they stated their income and the, the lender said, yeah, you're good for this amount of money. Well, that's not really a pre-approval. Um, make sure you have all your ducks in a row, have your income statements, your credit check, all the, your letters of employment, all those sorts of things that your broker needs. And even, you know, if you can, get a letter from your broker that can be presented with an offer saying, hey, you know, if this house appraises out, the appraisal comes in fine, these clients are golden and they're ready. So, you know, if you take the offer from these clients, you can be assured that this financing is going to go together because, Banks are a little bit tight right now. They're cautious. They're careful. And um, I've seen a lot of deals fall apart over financing conditions that were that were not met. So one of the best things, if there's buyers out there listening or if you're considering selling and, and making a move and coordinating with a purchase, make sure you've got that financing approval rock solid so that if you are up against three or four other offers, you know, a good agent like myself can present that offer in such a way as to give the sellers comfort that, hey, if you go with our offer, we're going to get this done. And I guess in a market like this, a seller's market, uh, it's never been more important to have all your ducks in a row and get in there, make the offer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anytime preparation is key and uh, knowing the environment you're in is key. And, and this is a process, right? It doesn't happen necessarily on day one. Um, but if you were to jump into the market right now as a buyer and, uh, you know, maybe working with me and we went out and looked at a bunch of properties and I was reporting back to you what was happening with these properties in terms of offers, you pretty quickly start to get a feel for, hey, 
this is the environment I'm in and here's how I have to operate. So you want to make sure you're always covered. I'm not advocating walking in willy-nilly blindly with no conditions and buying a property without inspecting it. That's usually a bad idea. But what I am saying is uh, be ready to be competitive and have, you know, when I work with a, with a buyer, I'll pull out the title on the house and I'll look at all the covenants on the property first to make sure there's nothing that would, you know, I'll, I'll research the disclosure statement to see if there's anything in there we need to know. You can get a lot of things done prior to writing an offer. And some buyers, if they really like a house, might even hire an inspector and do a pre-inspection on the house so they can go in with virtually no conditions. So uh, again, it varies from client to client, but in certain segments, uh, you really need to be ready and you need to maybe have some good guidance and some good advice. And uh, doesn't mean you have to throw your whole wallet at the first house that you see, but you do uh, need to come in with, for the most part, very clean offers that don't tie up a property unnecessarily or scare sellers. John Carlson from 2% Realty is our guest on Vancouver Consumer. JohnnySmartPoint.com, uh, 604 612 Zero zero eight zero double o eighty six one two double o eighty, and we will talk about uh, your website. You can go to johnnysmartpoint.com coming up, um, and you can find out why two percent realty means serious uh, a serious savings. Second, our guest is John Carlson from Two Percent Realty. Johnnysmartpoint.com. 604-612-0080. And we've been talking about how it is a seller's market in the lower mainland right now. And John Carlson is one of the top selling agents in the last 10 years in this area. And uh, one of the reasons why he's done that is uh, the fact that he he's with 2% Realty. So John, let's talk about commissions. Um, how important, I mean, commission it gets expensive when you're selling a home. It's a, it's a huge, crucial part of this whole thing. Well, yes. If you want to hire any professional, there's a cost to that. Uh, when it comes to commissions, commissions don't sell properties. Uh, you know, I'll be clear about that. You could, you know, have a, a property that wasn't attractive and you could put a $100,000 commission on it and buyers are still going to see it as an unattractive property. Um, but on the other hand, to hire a professional and have your home property marketed and, and have someone in your corner at those crucial times when you're handling negotiations, it, it's worth something. Um, my business model, and, and there are no standard commissions out there, but you know my business model compares pretty favorably to the predominantly, uh, the, the commission structure you see out there most often, which is 7% of the first $100,000 of your sale price and 2.5% of the balance. That's typically what you see. And, you know, you can go to my website and take a look at the charts and compare, you know, this and that. But generally speaking, based on that very common business model, my clients save about 30 or 40 percent commission, real money in their pockets. And, you know, the other side of the smart point equation is they're in a very good position in terms of having a professional that's experienced and knows how to get the job done on their side. So I don't cut corners. Um, you know, I don't um, work less hard or provide less results because I charge less commission than some of my competition. Uh, quite the opposite. I'm, I'm very focused on doing the best I can for everybody I work for. And if they're happy and save money in the process, that's, that's really what keeps me going. How many homes have you sold in the last 10 years? You know, I don't know, probably, um, I've probably been involved in six or 700 sales maybe in the, in the last decade based on my averages. Um, uh, so that's 
quite a bit more than your average agent, if I'm not mistaken, the the average for licensed real estate agents in the border greater the greater Vancouver is, might be three or four or five sales a year. So, you know, it's taken me a long time. This is I'm coming up to 25 years in the business soon. Um, it didn't happen overnight, but over the years I've put in my time and I've always and this is I think this is a big key. I've always stayed focused on the client and what the client's needs are, because if, if you listen to the client and you advise and you tell the truth as you understand it 100 percent of time, you know, you, you generally do a good job and you stay out of trouble. And, and I might mention to the listeners another thing that I'm quite proud of as a realtor with a lot of sales under my belt in a lot of years. I've never had a disciplinary action in a real estate council. I have no black marks on my record. and I've never needed my errors and emissions insurance. As, as agents, we're all covered. If we make mistakes or omissions that cost our clients, you know, we are covered, uh, except if it's, you know, fraud or something like that. And in all those years, I've never had to do that. So, um, you know, you want when you're choosing an agent, I think if, if you're in a market like this, that's a little bit complicated and maybe, you know, you could use some good advice and you want a good negotiator. It's very important, maybe not just to choose somebody on commission um, to find somebody who's very well qualified and somebody who you can get along with and you feel good about working with. But in my opinion, if you can get that and the results and save commission based on what most of your neighbors are paying, that's probably the sweet spot or as I like to call it, the smart point to be in. Yeah, johnnysmartpoint.com. Yeah, it's interesting you say that uh, listening to the people, because I guess there's a tendency sometimes to just look at the property, but the property is is not the thing. It's the people who are selling the property. That's right. And there's always, you know, there's the reasons behind the sale, which I don't need to be privy on all the time. But oftentimes, you know, clients will confide in me what's going on. And that, that gives me a, a better understanding of how to represent them and how to advise them. Because... You know, like you asked me earlier, is it a good time to sell? Well, yeah, it is. But I find that people's personal situations tend to override all of that. Uh, People want to know what kind of market they're in. But even in slower markets, there are good reasons to buy or sell properties. And even in hotter markets, there are good reasons to avoid buying or selling properties, depending on your personal situation. So, again, a good agent, you can't give advice to your client unless you've listened enough to understand what the client situation is and what they want to achieve. And then I think you're in a good possession to give advice. And it's very important for me to say that real estate agents like myself, we're not decision makers. We advise our clients based on our understanding of the situation. And uh, we let clients hopefully make good decisions based on our advice. And that's one of the biggest reasons why, you know, if you're selling or buying, it probably makes sense to be working with somebody who's busy right now and recently because those kind of agents uh, know what's going on. Do you remember the first home you sold? Oh, of course. Yeah, I do. I do. It was uh, it was a terrifying process <laughs> back <laughs> in, uh, I think it was 1996. I'd have to check. And I had a lot of help from my broker at the time who went with me on the appointment. And uh, I learned a lot uh, from that broker. And uh, if I do recall correctly, the market was not very good in 96 and 97. And I almost quit my first year because the first three transactions I had all fell apart. And I started to wonder if I was ever going to see a dime out of this business. But, um, you know, times change and you you keep working. But um, I do remember, I do remember my first sale. And there's been an awful lot, you know, since then till now. John Carlson, 
is with 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com. Go to his website, 604-612-0080, by phone, 612-0080. And uh, talking about your website, johnnysmartpoint.com, and talking about commissions, uh, you have a nice thing on your website. It shows you exactly uh, what kind of commission you're paying, what you could save, you know, uh, going with you versus, uh, you know, a more typical commission structure. Uh, People should go to your website because you can get a real sense of, of what's going on, johnnysmartpoint.com. Yeah, and the total commission is part of it. And then there's also, you know, how do you want to treat the buyer's agents? What kind of commission do you want to offer out to them? And that's part of the overall commission package. And uh, sometimes I'll have sellers say, hey, you know, John, well, will this work if we do this or should we increase this? And, um, you know, like I say, commissions don't sell properties. But in any transaction, your starting point is important in a negotiation. And uh, when it comes to, to to my listings, 2% realty, I offer out through through my client's agreement in the brokerage, we offer out a 1% commission to any buyer's agents who are out there. Now that's a little bit less than most of the other companies offer, but hey, do the math, it's easy math. If you've got a $900,000 property, we're offering on a $9,000 commission to the buyers. Might not be 12 or 15, but I think that it's in a good enough category where you know, buyers who are writing the offers and presumably have good relationships with their agents are sitting down at a table saying, hey, you know, here, you know, here's the offer we're going to put together. Commission is always disclosed. Um, and I, I found that, you know, sometimes if you were to offer, there are companies out there that'll say, hey, uh, you know, put a dollar commission on it and we're going to throw you out on MLS. We'll sell you access and then you go ahead and negotiate everything else. Well, to me, again, the smart point, I think that my business model helps people maximize the sale without throwing unreasonable or unnecessary obstacles in the way to the sale. So again, I save people compared to most uh, agents about 30 or 40% on commissions without cutting corners. Uh, But what I don't do is maybe sell people access to MLS and put a $1 selling commission because that's the minimum you can do and then walk away and let them negotiate with the other agents. And again, all kinds of different business models out there, but I just want to let the, the, the listeners know out there that I'm a full service agent. I do everything as far as I can tell, that the other agents do within reason. And I don't cut any corners. And I probably do some things that some other agents don't. So uh, full meal deal at a fraction of the price of what some of the other agents charge. And that's been a big part of uh, keeping me busy. That's the smart point. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. John Carlson, uh, our guest on Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And we've been kind of hammering home the fact that it is a seller's market. Uh, Record-setting numbers of uh, homes are being sold. And there's a real uh, kind of a shortage of, of homes to buy. So for somebody who is thinking about selling... And they're looking at the situation, oh, it's COVID, maybe I'll wait for next year because, because it's COVID. That might not be the best strategy. It might not be, but it might. Um, you know, I've met with a few people recently and they've asked me you know, my opinions and we've had discussions. And at the end of that discussion, you know, I guess my advice has been to those people, you know, look, you're, you're not quite ready to sell. Christmas is coming. I mean, that's that's a bit of a party pooper, if you will, for the for the real estate market. Uh, things generally die down between mid December and mid January. And I, I, I've let a couple people know, hey, you know, we can sell your property, no problem. But if you need to buy another place within the next say two months, you're going to be in a little bit of a a desert in terms of new listings. There's not a whole lot of listings that are going to pop on the market between December twentieth and say the end of January. So. You know, we have these kind of discussions and, uh, you know, maybe a seller says to me, you know what, maybe 
maybe it's better if we wait and, and you know, or, or we're looking to buy acreage. Well, acreage doesn't usually hit the market in the snowy, wet times. Or So again, if I can understand the whole picture, what someone's trying to accomplish, then I can help give them some advice in terms of timing. But as you mentioned right now, it is a hot market. I'd love to hear from sellers who want to sell because I'm, I'm accustomed to handling quite a quite a number of listing inventory, you know, at all times. And now I'm down to almost nothing. All my listings have sold, uh, virtually all of them. I might have a few more coming up, but uh, I am very much available. I'm not too busy for your business, and I'd love to hear from some of you if you're thinking of making that move. And we were talking about uh, open houses being canceled. Uh, how different is it now for people who haven't looked at a home in a long time? How different is the process of selling a home in the COVID period? Well, from a buyer's point of view, it, it's, a, it's a bit frustrating. Um, for a while there, you know, again, with the multiple offer situations, part of the formula was price reasonably, uh, hold a couple open houses and let the offers come afterwards. Well, open houses aren't illegal, but Real Estate Council and our, our boards have strongly recommended that we stop doing open houses. And, and what's going on now is instead of an open house, we're having uh, showings by appointment with realtors because we need to, you know, question these people and get questionnaires filled out about their health and traveling and all that sort of stuff. And we need to be able to contract trace if necessary. I haven't had to do that yet. Thank goodness. Um, but now you, you might see something so it's not an open house, but we're having showings Sunday between noon and 4 p.m. And they're lined up in 15 or 20 minute intervals. And so from a buyer's point of view, you kind of have to show up on time for your time slot for some of these properties that are, that are really hot. And, uh, you know, go through with your your gloves and your masks and your hand sanitizers and not touch anything and because as we know covid's on the upswing but the i think the days at least for now of the open house like hey i'll put up a sign and anybody come on into my house sellers don't want that uh, sellers want activity of uh, you know from from buyers that are qualified and working with a, an agent and ready to go uh, and so again we're moving away from the open houses but showings by appointment a lot of agents are scheduling showings at certain times in four hour windows because that makes it a little bit easier to maybe sanitize the house after. Um, so again, business as usual, but not quite. Things change from day to day, week to week. Yeah, not like those old open houses, which were a way for me to snoop on my neighbors and see their houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, now you can do that with the uh, the Matterport tours, the 3D tours, which I do on virtually all my listings. So, you know, people can go out and experience them virtually. Nothing quite like being there, but you can get a lot of information by uh, doing these three-dimensional uh, walkthrough tours. Ooh, the Hendersons have done some work to their kitchen. Interesting. Uh, exactly. Well, well, John, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to talk to John Carlson. 2% Realty is the company, johnnysmartpoint.com. JohnnySmartPoint.com 604-612-0080. And as John says, uh, he's, he's a busy guy, but he's always got time. Thanks so much for talking to us, John. I'll be back in two weeks. Thanks again. We'll see you then. John Carlson, JohnnySmartPoint.com. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and we'll be back with Ask Andrew right after this. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer, and it's time now for Ask Andrew with Andrew Ferrara, our executive producer of Vancouver Consumer. And it seems like this past week it officially turned cold, uh, and uh, it was also wet. And that's good news for the ski hills, good news for Andrew. Uh, you're excited about, uh, about this season in skiing. 
Well, I'm excited mostly because I enjoy cold, wet things. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a strange person. I know I'm custom built for Vancouver, if you will. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know, it's November the 14th. We're not even at the halfway point of the month yet. And Cypress Mountain's already open. They opened yesterday uh, at 10 a.m., which, if I'm recalling correctly, that's an early opening. And you have, you know, this this past week, we had, you know, that kind of brief snowfall scare earlier in the week. And <laughs> yes, I was, I was holed up in my house. It was very frightening. It's been, uh, I know, it's, it's a horrifying experience for all of us. Uh, and it's just been, it's been cold and it's been wet. And that usually translates to fantastic skiing conditions on the mountains. And if you've had a look out over the past couple of days, you know, Friday afternoon, it cleared out a little bit, thankfully, after we were socked in in the morning. And you could see the snow line on the mountains. And that's always nice to see. It feels quintessentially uh, Vancouver, if you will, being able to, you know, through the peaks and the clouds, you see a bit of the snow line. Uh, it's a neat little reminder of what we have. But uh, starting today, they're going to be doing the regular early season operating hours, and that's, you know, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. So if you're still trying to get your way up the mountain, you might be out of time, but there's always tomorrow. Um Besides that, there are daily limited tickets. So if you want to get up to the mountains on Cyprus, uh, you got to pre-purchase your tickets online. Uh, you know, this is all part of you know making sure that everything is 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 COVID safe. You know, we're able to you know enjoy ourselves while you know still being aware that cases are going up and they're going up fast. Uh, and it falls on all of us to make sure that you know as much as as with the winter season comes. You know, the possibility to ski or snowboard or, in my case, go tubing because I'm unathletic. Um, <laughs> you know, we can do all these things, but we have to do them safely if we want to be able to keep doing these things. Because if things keep getting out of control, it's very easy for us to lose our, you know, ability to go out and have these things if it's just not safe to do so. So that is a cool thing to think about, I think, in that, well, it's literally cold. But, you know, we can you know, head up to the mountains and enjoy ourselves. You know, Grouse Mountain's going to have a skating rink that you can skate on uh, in the next few weeks, if not already now. Uh, there's still plenty of stuff to do while we can be safe. Yeah, good COVID stuff. Being outside and relatively spaced out. You know, hurtling down a mountain at 55 kilometers an hour, <laughs> screaming at the top of your lungs because you never paid attention uh, the couple of times you took cross-country skiing classes. It's COVID safe, not necessarily safe for your limbs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is a Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. That's Andrew Ferrer. That was Ask Andrew. And uh, just a reminder, uh, check out Global TV tonight at 5 o'clock. Uh, because uh, they are uh, launching the High Fives for Healthcare Initiative, UBC and VGH Hospital Foundation. You can donate some dough to vghfoundation.ca slash high fives. Um, and you can text high five to four, five, six, seven, eight to give five bucks or 25 bucks. It's a great, great opportunity to support our amazing healthcare system here in British Columbia. It's the UBC and VGH Hospital Foundation. And that's it for Vancouver Consumer. We'll be back next week at two o'clock. I'm Martin Strong. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.